Hello and welcome to another episode of the Manchester is Red podcast here from the Manchester Evening News. I am your host Ash Burami and I am pleased to be joined by Samuel Lukast. Hello. And Rich Fair. Nervous, aren't you today? Trying to I'm, I'm very, very under, I'm under huge pressure here for, you are, for yeah. you, Rich. You're this is on. all because Charlotte, can we bother to come in? Yeah, dedication that some people have. Yeah, I know. Over, over others, but... Yeah, shout, shout out to negative Nancy. Yeah, as, as I guess that's Samuel's in the first team every week though, isn't it? It's that you can perform not just on match days, but on the training pitch yeah. as well. One, one of, one of Ash Barami's favourites, if we're going to write a piece about it, I'd say, but... Do it. Mm. There's only one place to start, Samuel. I mean, we're going to have to go straight to Chelsea. I mean, it was a... If, if midweek was a reality check, then it's almost like another reality check for United that the back to winning ways under Solskjaer. It, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was the most significant win he's had so far. I'd still probably go that the Tottenham won purely because uh, the opponent he, he bested was, was Pochettino. But it was probably their most impressive win in that it did come after the PSG game. There, there were questions asked of them last week. They didn't have Marshall, they didn't have Lingard. Uh, I think a lot of fans probably question the selection of Matter as well even though he played well at Chelsea four months ago and that that's the point it was it was four months ago but tactically he got it spot on Sarri's not having an easy time by any stretch at, at Chelsea he's, he's having certainly in, in his mainstream managerial career probably the worst worst time he's ever had it's just you know, given some of the stuff they were chanting at him there's no coming back from that but it's still another feather in Solskjaer's cap you, you just every there were so many subplots to it and that it was the first win at Chelsea in 10 attempts I think it was um, the f- only the third time in United's history they've won away at Tottenham, Arsenal and Chelsea in a single season. It was the first time they'd done that since 84-85, so that's another thing um, to, to add to it as well. And, I mean, every time they, they have a win and that they have been so frequent recently, it just always comes back to the topic of when, when are they going to give him the job? And it does seem a case of uh, when rather than if. I still think it would be very premature of them to... Not not premature as such, but but needless anyway. Given that back in December when the sacking um, of Mourinho was announced, they were adamant that they would take that decision on the next permanent manager uh, at the end of the season, and they'd be right to stick by that because you don't really want to derail any momentum. Um, there's there's no point interfering or, or, or adding any any subplots to it because I think that's just going to pile more pressure onto him and as I said I think that when he first came in you looked at him and thought okay he's a brilliant man manager but it wasn't it wasn't difficult to be a brilliant man manager after Mourinho I think Fred the Red could have taken over as United manager and Paul Pogba would have performed but it's the fact that Solskjaer's his tactical acumen seems to have overshadowed his man management now. I mean, Pochettino, Emery, Sarri, yeah, they're three coaches with, with various flaws, but they're still three very good coaches and he's beaten all of them and he's beaten them with some very innovative tactics as well and Pogba is playing he's not just playing well he's playing the best football of his career I think he's playing at a much higher level than he did at the World Cup and for Solskjaer to be able to say that that that's possibly the clincher in terms of him getting the job yeah and Rich I mean he's had 13 games now in charge Solskjaer I mean where would you put that performance as um is amongst the best. Yeah, I think what Samuel said there's, there's the right the the win at Tottenham. I still think does just ju- does just edge it. But I think maybe in Solskjaer's own sort of mindset, being able to bounce back because some of that 
some of the criticism he had after the PSG game was ridiculous because there was so much that went maybe against him in the PSG game that wasn't necessarily his fault. He had the referee could have sent um, Kimpembe off. Yeah. He had injuries to Lingard and Marshall. Marshall just didn't have a good game end of anyway, which which didn't help. But I think the way that they, they responded, they as as Samuel said, that it's not just the way that United play, but the, I mean, Chelsea are an absolute sinking ship themselves at the moment. But I think the win against Chelsea sort of highlighted everything that we've we've come to expect maybe under Solskjaer is good attacking football it's sort of vintage United on, on the break and stuff and, and they always look dangerous even at 2-0 up in the second half uh, the fans are on side you've got good players now playing to their potential playing to what towards maybe to justify the hype that wasn't there before but I think it was it was one of those games where Chelsea were, were bad but it's because United made them look so bad and in the end it was quite a comfortable win for United Did, did anyone relevant Say that he shouldn't get the job after the PSG game because I just saw a couple yeah. of tweets saying I don't I don't I, yeah every sort of United icon as we'd call them I've only had Paul Ince Paul Ince yeah. Paul Ince is one yeah <laughs> we're not getting there I think well Paul Ince should be in charge himself wouldn't he because they would have lost that game I'm just I think that, that I think it's quite reassuring I'm quite tone deaf to what Paul Ince says yeah. these days so I just, I just, I just zone out whenever out. you hear that but yeah um, like you said no one significant. So yeah, that people who actually understand maybe football and are, are involved on the day to day running realise that every manager has a bad result. Losing 2 0 to PSG isn't a bad result, regardless. Maybe it's the manner and it's a what if, but out of all the games that they've had to, for, for the fact for PSG at home to be a, a negative and a blotch on your, on, on your, your record's ridiculous. And yeah. as I said, the Chelsea win, for me, it's probably, I think it's just behind Tottenham. I think it's above Arsenal. But just behind in terms of the significance yeah. of it, yeah, because it's yeah, the I response that's coming back. I'll, it's another away day, but it could drop to third this weekend. So I think as well, what was impressive about that performance was it wasn't the fact that I mean, in the previous games for Solskjaer and United, the teams almost picked itself. Yeah, but the fact that Marshall yeah. and Lingard weren't there, I think. Do you think that maybe puts it a bit further up there in terms of just how good of um, not just team performance was, but almost like a tactical job it was by Solskjaer? Yeah, I think that's that's quite a good point in the a lot of fans probably would have gone with Sanchez or certainly the expectation. I think when, when I did the uh, the predicted lineup, I got 10 out of 11 and the one I didn't get was, was Mata. Uh, I think we've, we've got to start to get used to whenever Solskjaer talks up a player in a press conference, you know, he's either going to bench them or drop them unless they're Paul Pogba. The one thing you don't want is Solskjaer to talk about. Exactly, it. yeah. I think he was saying about McTominay's contract and then he didn't get in three or four squads. Played in the uh, reserves. The and obviously dropped down to the reserves as well. Yeah, so he's... Um, that, that was what was impressive about it and inevitably he was asked the Jorginho question at the press conference just how do they go about doing it and at the risk of sounding churlish it's it's become it's become easy to play against Chelsea because Jorginho nice footballer though he is I think United sussed him in that October game back um, four months ago in the second half Pop when when he's faced with power and pace uh, he, he really does wilt there and he's he's so so vulnerable and United had one matter on him I mean matters yeah I think there's an element that they seem to sacrifice his attacking um, merits so that he would sit on Jorginho he would put pressure on on, on Rudiger and, and, and Louise who certainly in Louise's case he's a better footballer than he is a defender and the way they used Herrera getting him forward more often I've, I've always thought with Herrera that he is a much better midfielder in an attacking capacity than a defensive capacity anyway Mourinho did a good job in terms of converting him to a defensive minded midfielder but Solskjaer seems to have redressed the balance there 
so it, I mean, it was it was just a genuinely impressive tactical performance, overall performance. Certainly when the teams dropped, I think you looked at Chelsea's side and you probably thought that's nine of their first teamers who are in there. Pedro, you know, it's, he's in and out and Kovacic certainly isn't a first teamer, but the rest of them, they're, you know, they're, they're undroppables under Sarri. And maybe that's part of the problem there uh, under him, but I don't think that should diminish uh, Solskjaer's impact there. I mean, this this is a guy, literally two months ago, he was still Mulder manager and his managerial pedigree was limited to the perimeters of Norway. And since then, he's beaten Tottenham, he's beaten Arsenal and he's beaten Chelsea all the way from home. Uh, and in, in, in doing so, I think it was, it was Michael Crick who tweeted that he's, he's equaled United's club record of seven straight away games, which it only dawned on me last t- night that he's literally won every away game, which is just a tremendous run. I mean, that whole argument about him only coming up against uh, NAF teams or the fodder of, of, of the Premier League, that, that just is completely redundant now because he is proving himself at the highest level. Yeah, I think you tweeted as well earlier that was the first time they've won seven in a row away from Worm since 2002. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah that's the record. Yeah. Which which Solskjaer uh, played in, obviously. Scored in four, didn't he? He five? scored in five of them. Yeah. I think he scored six yeah. overall. So the stars just continue to align. It's all lined up. Yeah, but I think what Samuel said there is it's also interesting the fact that there's always going to be a sort of there's always going to be people trying to put him down in his achievements. But the tactical aspect of something is something he didn't get credit for. And even last night, even after. I mean, you sense within the fan base a bit that maybe some of the spirits had dropped after PSG because when that team was announced, there was so much hate. Where's Chong? Why is Mata <laughs> playing? Why is Lukaku playing? And then full time, you forget completely about that. And it's almost interesting, just I mean, from our point of view, we can see that from numbers behind the story. And as soon as you had to take the lead, those sort of stories just drop well off the site because they're not on the, the sort of fan's mind anymore. But yeah, I think as Samuel said, it's, it's an aspect of, it, of his managerial sort of pedigree that, that he's maybe only just starting to get the credit for. Obviously, he needs to prove that it wasn't a fluke. Obviously, everyone knows now it isn't a fluke. I mean, it seems like the sensible decision. Obviously, I think every fan realistically wants him to get the job, but. As they, as I mean, Ed Woodward spoke last week saying it will be the end of the season anyway. Again, he sort of reassured that, and I heard them speaking after the game as well last night, saying that it makes sense as well to delay it because it means the players still have something to fight for. They still maybe have the injustice saying why has he not got the job yet? And I guess, you, I mean, it's a cliche, but standards could maybe slip and there could be complacency if you gave him the job now. So yeah, I think he's in a very good place. And as we said, we've got another big game this weekend as well. And as well, the, man- the manager job is one thing there's some of that will be sorted out, but another is the captaincy. Um, Ander Herrera yesterday put was, was a fantastic performance from him. Samuel, how, how do you think he's putting in a good case to be in a shout for the captaincy or do you think United may look elsewhere for the captaincy? I, I certainly think he's worthy of consideration. The first thing they need to do is sort out his contract, which um, I, th- I think he will, he will stay. I do find it perverse that he's in a situation where he's got under five months left on his current deal I, th- I, I don't understand why after that uh, Europa League winning season they, they didn't give him a new contract then because he was the player of the year he was he was playing really well um, he did drop off under Mourinho in the last last year 18 months but as I've said on, on here before I think that the, the, the most reliable gauge of Solskjaer's impact United is not so much Pogba but Herrera and to a lesser extent Matic Herrera was man the match at Chelsea I thought he was just exceptional Pogba tailed off a little bit in the second half he was you know he, he made the match winning contributions but Herrera before the goals after the goals I just thought was consistently excellent um, it's, it's a little bit peculiar the way they've 
gone about the captaincy issue it's it's almost become not redundant as such but certainly unimportant its significance isn't what it was when you had Keane or Gary Neville wearing it in the Carrick was the club captain last season but barely played because um of his of his heart issues and just because of his age he didn't he wasn't being used as regularly uh, the, the, the the decision just to give it to Valencia or to stick with Valencia was a bad decision at the time it's it looks an even worse decision now you might as well just strip him of that um, United have got until next month I think it is to trigger the extension of his contract otherwise he can go in the summer I, I advise that they let him go in the summer for a free. He's been a decent player for the club, but he's clearly not up to it anymore. And, and he knows that as well, uh, I was told. So you're looking at Herrera. Solskjaer was asked the, the Pogba question recently. That was an open goal for him, given that Mourinho had stripped uh, him of the second captain status, uh, as, as he put it. De Gea is another one, I think, that just has to be considered because of his excellence um, and because of the direction United have gone in, in that they have the, the, the captain role. It, it has kind of diminished in a way and you look at some of the, uh, the the best captains if you like of this century like Buffon and Casillas there's an obvious uh, there's an obvious trend there but Loris yeah <laughs> let's give him the credit he deserves on the United podcast uh, and obviously you know Schmeichel was uh, was so so uh, unhappy about losing the captaincy when Roy Keane regained fitness that they uh, decided to have a fight in a Hong Kong hotel I think it was in the corridor so uh, Who these, these things can get quite heated at times but Who I don't won? think they will oh Ke- Keane obviously <laughs> yeah, yeah shoot a question earlier wasn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> um, I think some, it caused some commotion it woke Sir Bobby Charlton up and Keane's, Keane's response was well he could have he could have broken up the fight but I, I don't think Sir Bobby chart would have wanted to get uh, involved between those two uh, so they, they do have options I mean only earlier this season we were probably you know we would have been saying look how rudderless United are how devoid they are of leaders I still don't think you can discount Ashley Young and because of the way the direction they've gone in it wouldn't surprise me if Solskjaer were to keep just just stick with him because he has signed the new contract and he's definitely going to be there next season yeah I think as Samuel said there are I mean from a fan's point of view I think they want Herrera, Pogba or De Gea to get it I guess it depends what sentiment you want to go under I think Herrera definitely when, when he's played really well you can see the case absolutely but I worry about every week and maybe win the team maybe if they did go through a spell and not performing as much sometimes he can maybe I mean I saw an article today saying that he's the invisible but your man for United often doesn't get the credit he deserves but I guess it's he's a fantastic player and he plays well when the whole team's playing they, they're going to need a midfielder to come in the summer so you might argue that Herrera's place isn't as assured there but there's as much an argument to say well bring in an expert holding midfielder and yeah. then you can still accommodate him and it's Matic who takes more of a, uh, a squad member role yeah so we're, we're going to go to a quick break now oh, this is but, exciting. but before we do we'll have a quick quiz question and we'll go straight to the it tension's building yeah not often I'm on the receiving end of one of these I'm, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get your answer on the first Rich because I know Samuel will know it so we'll oh, give God. you the pressure this time so the question is I hope it's not current oh you're going to be disappointed okay. it is current it's this season actually and oh, God. United's top assistant in the Premier League this season is I'd say, dot, dot, dot. I'd say Pogba. You say Pogba. Run of form. He's had 15 direct goal involvements since Solskjaer came in. He's decent before. But then Rashford was. No, I don't know. I'd say Pogba. If I was going to put 
put my neck on that and say Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba. What do yeah, you go that, for? The, the, I, I'd, I'd be going for the same. <laughs> we need the break now, though, don't we? Yeah, yeah. So we'll do the break after. You just answered so quickly. You were so eager. It's as if you already may have read the question. Yeah. No, this is. <laughs> but we'll come back after the break with the answer. Hello and welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast. Just before we left you. For the break, we left you a question of who is Manchester United's top assister in the Premier League this season? Rich Fair went for Paul Pogba. Samuel Lucas went for Paul Pogba. The answer is Paul Pogba. Yeah, what do we win? Yeah, you win nothing. Okay. Because it was a very easy question this week. It's difficult. That, that was that was so easy, I thought it, was, it <laughs> yeah, wasn't going to be Pogba. I thought it might have been a challenge because United's second top assister, I think maybe has six or seven. So who's that? Though? I think it might be Marcus Rashford. It probably is. Yeah. yeah, I think he is. Yeah. So I'll be back on the questions next week. Don't yeah, I? you had a good yeah. question, but we, we good couldn't question. have used your question because you would have knew it, yeah, and you were on the panel. So, but moving on, we've got speaking of Paul Pogba. Actually, I mean, it was um, it was an excellent performance from him yesterday yesterday night, and amongst his performance since he joined United in 2016, Samuel, where would you rank? As an individual 90-minute performance, where would you put that amongst his best performances in United shirt? Uh, I think it's easy to say it's it's a top tenner in the given the opposition, the occasion, the the significance of the game. As I said, I did think he tailed off a little bit in the second half, but United were withdrawn. They they were not going to be as um, as gung ho and attack minded. I think Solskjaer said. It was at Fulham, I think it was, when they had they were filmed him, Phelan and Carrick having a conversation at 2-0 and they decided to kind of like slow the tempo of the game down because they didn't need to, you know, really go at Fulham at that point. So they probably incorporated that tactic into into the Chelsea game. It's it's difficult to look beyond the the derby performance last year from Pogba, even though it was probably on the face of it, it was probably a, like a funny five minutes or something like that. But it was just the fact that he scored twice. It was a comeback at City and it stopped City from winning the league against United. Uh, I mean, uh, I was thinking about in terms of his runs of form since he came back to United, where the best periods have been. Up until recently, I'd have still argued that certainly in the first half of last season even though it was interrupted by uh, the hamstring injury and the suspension that he was playing better football then and he was more talismanic then but I think that has changed in recent weeks when, when your your passes are, are, are trumping the finishes for goals um, you've, you've got a world class player on your hands and he's done that probably three times now uh, in, in the last just, just over the just over just over a month, I think it is. So it's it's difficult to pinpoint what his best performance is. Um, but the fact of the matter, I think the main thing is that there was this myth probably about a year ago, maybe even less than that, that Pogba wasn't a big game player, which I always was a bit sceptical of because there were games in his first season where he did perform. He did perform against Chelsea at home in that that season when uh, but was overshadowed by Herrera because it was a day where Herrera pocketed Hazard and he went viral and he pretty much won the Player of the Year award on the back of that but he played well um, against Chelsea that season he played pretty well against Arsenal that season but it was almost as if he was stigmatised by that Liverpool game where he had the emoji um, hashtag you know going around the background he gave away the penalty and he was absolutely awful I mean his focus wasn't there but over the course of the last probably eight months taken into the World Cup period World Cup period that argument again it's just it's gone out the window because he is proving himself um, 
however bad he was in that Valencia game in December and, and right Mourinho was not to start him at Liverpool when he had to bring a midfielder off at half time midfielder on at half time he should have gone with Pogba not Fellaini and, and that was one of the clearly one of the final nails in, in Mourinho's coffin um, it's, it's, it's difficult to really chart the, the relationship Mourinho and Pogba had because they were there, there was there was blame on both sides there and they were prob- their, their egos were probably too big for United, too big for any club really. I mean, certain managers, Zidane is, is, was a great player, but he seemed to have a, a, a soft touch as a manager, a light touch. There was that humility there that didn't compromise his relationship with Ronaldo. He? Yeah, yeah. Being a superstar himself, he understood the space and what they needed and how there's, to pamper to that. There's, thing, there's a new way of... There are, there's clearly a new wave of coaches who understand how millennial footballers act. Solskjaer's one of them. Zidane is clearly one of them. Pochettino is another. Um, I think Guardiola is because you have to look at the results, but there is this steely side where, obviously, you know, the Mendy thing the other week, he was, you know, when he thought he was in Hong Kong, he was clearly furious about it, and, and rightly so. And Mourinho just doesn't have that that touch anymore he doesn't have those people skills anymore and as I, as I said I think any manager who would have gone in at United would have got Pogba performing but there is a special kind of like a special relationship there with Solskjaer just just going back to their time in the reserves and he has enhanced him as a, as a player in a very very short space of time by making changes that I think most people would have made you play him on the left of the midfield mm. three. You encourage him to go out to the left hand side to you know play like he did for Juventus, and lo and behold, he's playing even better than he was for Juventus. You, but the thing is with Pogba, he's always he's, since he joined United, we've, everyone has always knew that he was a world class player. So it comes down to how much. I mean, this is a question for you, Sam. Yeah, well, how much do you think it's Solskjaer's? tactical work and working with him or is it his maybe small self-motivation that is driving his upturn and form it's a good teaser question isn't it? if it's a good, <laughs> scale of one to ten one being Solskjaer ten being I Pogba th- I think himself Pogba for his own for his own good he had to perform because if if he didn't then he was he was absolutely damned as a as a brand as, as cynical as that sounds as a footballer because if he didn't make that switch over then you know that that world class tag that he certainly lost for a big period of this season he, he may never have regained so he, he owed it to himself to perform and obviously that gives people the easy excuse saying well you've clearly just turned it on now because Mourinho's gone which I think he genuinely did do you look at some of the things he was doing against Southampton and Valencia in December and it's it's actually it, I mean it could be a study in itself you look at Pogba starts in December how awful he was at Southampton where I think he got the ball nobody was around him and he just dawdles and he's actually looking I don't know who he's looking at but then he he, he just loses the ball and he gives it to them and then in Valencia he missed an open goal like okay yeah Mourinho was at fault for a lot of things you can't you can't blame Mourinho for him cocking up like that so I mean, the, the thing they always stress at United when you ask them for what's Solskjaer change, you know, what what, have, what what have these great 
differences of uh, these great changes been and they all say the same thing it's always it's always like he's, he's just made small changes and you can see that from um, looking at the team I mean Mourinho has used that front three of Lingard Marshall and Rashford but Solskjaer has enhanced it he's told them to be more fluid uh, Mourinho's used that midfield three uh, Solskjaer's made all of them better Solskjaer's used the central defenders Mourinho signed but was very reluctant um, to start together as well and, and the fullbacks are the same that were um, playing for Mourinho at the start of the season as well so it, it, it is a funny one it's, it is partly yeah, it's happened since time immemorial there are managerial bounces and the players just have, you know, trips a switch and they start performing again but he has Solskjaer has elevated Pogba to a level that I don't think anybody thought he was capable of and you know credit to both Pogba has really got going and he's you know nobody talks about the transfer fee anymore partly because of Neymar partly because Pogba's so brilliant at the moment um, but the fact that Solskjaer identified certainly at Chelsea when the when it was nil-nil he was on his case saying move over to the left move over to the left and look what happens he moves over to the left and he gets an assist from there mm. and it's, it, that as well it's a great example as to why maybe United may be looking for that director of football model with head coach things like what happened with Paul Pogba and Solskjaer just have the head coach there working with the players and maybe leave it at that and then everything else that goes on goes yeah, on above I mean they've not had that distraction at the moment because they were dormant in the transfer window and yeah, that did come back to bite them against PSG because you see Bay dawdle for one second and Kylian Mbappe is off like an Olympic sprinter and it's 2-0 and it's possibly tie over uh, I mean you know, Pogba's importance to United is such that going into that you would have thought you'd have given them an outside chance mm-hmm. going to PSG and look they might you know, Scott McTominay might step up. They never know. Solskjaer is famed for his comebacks, but they've not got Pogba, and that's that's almost like match point really for PSG. Optimistic for the second leg? No, no, no. I think it, I think if United one goal, one yeah, goal I think, going into the really it's, it's, Lingard's going to be crucial to it again yeah. if he's back fit, and he's, yeah. he caused them so many problems in that first half at Old Trafford. PSG will have the whole weight of expectation on their shoulders still. They'll still be out a number of their own key players. If they concede early on, then they could easily bottle it again. Mm. But that's it. That remains to be seen. Yeah, there's some other big games yeah. on the horizon. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to that in a later podcast in more detail. But one game that is around the corner is Liverpool on Sunday. And some of the comments that have come out most recently as of today have come from Sky Pundit Phil Thompson. Yeah, Phil Thompson says that if Liverpool win on Sunday, they will win the league title. He's deluded and confident still. But I think that's... That's the carrot for United already, isn't it? That's the team talk done, maybe. If you win, Liverpool don't win the league title, but... yeah, At the risk of making a irrelevant pundit relevant as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Never. If Paul Ince makes your eyes roll, I don't know what Phil Thompson yes. does, but... Uh, yeah, yeah you, you almost think it's like the kind of comment that Liverpool do win on Sunday, that comment gets remembered. Then yeah, Liverpool exactly. don't win the league. It's just a comment. Yeah, it just comes back to bite him even more. It's a comment that someone like Phil Thompson needs to make if he wants to stay relevant. As Samuel said, though, he just needs to try and get involved in the title race somehow. Liverpool surely should be concentrating on Bayern Munich rather than United this weekend if they want to really win a trophy this season. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'll, I mean, I literally don't know what to expect cause on the weekend. I've, it's gone through my head a few times. thinking every big United game this season, I'm just so sure. I've, before the game, I thought this is the one where they lose. And they come over every single test. Chelsea, I thought, 
before, well, even when the kit lineups were announced on Monday night, I thought this is the one where United maybe slip up, might like, get beaten here without Lingard and Marshall particularly. But it's got it's got to be so interesting. That midfield battle's got to be key. It's got to be again another game for huge game for Pogba. But I'm always just reluctant when any big game about Lingard. I think United suffer. But they've proven on Monday that they can do it without him. So yeah, I mean the, the thing about that was that I was I was told after I did the story just before the press conference last week about the fact that Marshall and Lingard were out for certainly PSG and Liverpool that there was there's possibly some mischief making going on there and that they're hopeful that one of them could be back for for the weekend game. Which it's worth reporting as well that like Mirror yesterday went and said that they're in contention. Yeah, which yeah, which is kind of like how it is. Um, I mean, it's it's a it's a push. Uh, it sounds a bit contradictory in a way, but if if you had to choose one to be available for that game, I'd probably go with Lingard. Yeah. Even though Marshall's the the better footballer, I just think Lingard is so so pivotal to that attack. And yes, they did cope without him uh, against Chelsea, but Liverpool are a completely different entity to Chelsea at the moment. Much more dangerous side to come up against. Yeah, and in, in, also so much pressure on Liverpool as well. Depending on what happens, I mean, we're at the disadvantage of we don't know what's going to happen tonight when Liverpool take on Bayern Munich. They could get a key injury, someone could be out or whatever. But there's so much more pressure on them. You feel like United have when they've already exceeded the expectation under Solskjaer. I think that could really play into to their advantage. And if the United fans are as loud as they were on Monday night, then it's going to be such an intimidating atmosphere for Liverpool. And it's not going to be. United fans, there's got to be City fans as well, just hoping that Solskjaer can, can pull it through and, and get another result. There's a lot more pressure out here on Liverpool because yeah, definitely. when you United look at... Proved, United already, like I said, exceeded expectation. The fact they've beaten Tottenham, Arsenal and Chelsea, it'd be yeah. nice for Solskjaer to add Liverpool to that list as well of teams he can beat. But yeah. it's going to just be such a glaring contrast because obviously it was Mourinho's last game, Liverpool, and it's going to show just how far they've come. Just, and I mean, as Samuel said, the pot for Paul Pogba as well how much has changed for him in a matter of two months from you think about the game at Anfield and now hosting them at Old Trafford and it's going to be it's such a I think it's such an even game but Liverpool I'd say would still slight favourites for it Pogba's an interesting subplot to that because he's not he's not performed against Liverpool yet he yeah. had the he started in that nil-nil a couple of seasons ago on the Monday night and he was used as number 10 it just didn't suit him at all then it was obviously the the emoji game later on that season and I don't think he played against some neither game last season because he was injured for, for both of them and of course he was the unused sub at Anfield in December so uh, it's it's a big opportunity for him if, if he's fit obviously he starts and it, he's, he's, he's thriving against the, the the top six sides at the moment so it's another team for him to, to tick off there yeah that's going to be one of them rare days where probably the whole of Manchester will be yeah. united united as literally well. yeah football together I mean City will probably have a few eyes on their cup final at Wembley but yeah I mean it's, from their point of view if you want to be champions you can't rely on other teams anyway so I think <clears> from City's point of view they've just got to expect that United will, will lose because that's what champions have to do you have to just anticipate that you're not going to get any favours in that aspect but United won't care. United aren't going to have extra incentive to win to help City to win the league title themselves. These are professional footballers. I mean, you might get the rhetoric of Pogba saying, "Oh no, he wouldn't." I mean, Pogba's never got to choose one of those teams to win the league title because he wants to win the league title himself. I mean, as a footballer, you just want to win every game you're involved in, and you might be able to go on social media and say, "We don't want Liverpool to win the league," but. Solskjaer might think different he might think different yeah. but he can't influence it really it's either City or Liverpool for the league title you don't want Ireland to win it from a United point of view 
I don't think it has any any bearing on it on the game really. I just need to concentrate on ourselves and whoever wins the league wins it. I think City would be more palatable for Solskjaer when it was at the, uh, the game at Old Trafford between United Liverpool five five years ago. The the one where Moyes said Liverpool were favourites and obviously Liverpool then won on one three nil. Gerard got his penalty for his hat trick at two 0 and Solskjaer got up, left the stadium, vacated his seat. He didn't stay stay for the end. He'd seen enough at that point, uh, and and then he obviously missed probably the only joyful moment of the day for United fans was that Gerard actually missed the penalty and didn't get the hat trick. But uh, there's there's history there as well with Solskjaer and Liverpool. The the cup goal in in '99, he scored a couple of others against them um, in, in league matches as well. And of course, a boyhood Liverpool fan. Yeah. Mm. Of course, there was, the, was it this comments when he's was it Car- like Cardiff, Cardiff manager? manager? Yeah, and he's asked to couldn't care less. Yeah, walks off. And I guess that's the whole motto of the Manchester yes. Red podcast, isn't it? If it's not United, couldn't care less, really, could they? So elite mentality, elite mentality. That's what United need to be. And I guess that's what Solskjaer's brought back as well, isn't it? It is that fact that United should fear no one, shouldn't really care what other clubs are doing because it doesn't matter. It's inconsequential. Top four is in their own hands. FA Cups in their own hands now, so they don't need to worry about other clubs. And Champions League still. On. Well, if they do win, less optimistic for United fans on that point of view. I'm sorry, I might be bringing my PSG kit to five a side once again. <laughs> if and if they lose on Sunday, it's all about how Old Trafford has lost its fear factor yeah, against they the sing. elite teams. Because yeah. they need to sing one anthem for a minute early on and then be subdued for 90 yeah. minutes. But that's another. We'll see. That's another podcast we'll for another see. day. We'll yeah. see. Thank you guys for joining me, Samuel. Thank you, Rich. It's great to have you on. We'll be back. Possibly, maybe later in the... It's Tuesday today. It's Tuesday the time today. Of I'm off Thursday, Friday, so I won't be back Ooh, this Which is off. And I'm off all next week, so I won't be back <laughs> Where are you off week. to? Home. Home. Home is where the heart is. Wrexham versus... Who have we got this weekend? Great fun. Gates... They've got boring wood on Saturday. Gates head away tonight. Are you but going? To weekend. Gates head tonight. Weekend. Boring wood away when yeah. I'm in here. Yeah. I'll uh, be bringing the Manchester audience more top content... <laughs> we build up to Manchester United versus Liverpool. That's the spirit. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to us on Aircast, where all your podcasts will be delivered straight to your notifications. And we will see you and leave next a week. Leave and a do leave us a review. Please. Thank if you. If it's kind, if it's bad, don't. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. <laughs>